it is Christmas time, the season of Advent. It is upon us. Again, I hope you all have a wonderful, happy Thanksgiving. Uh, this, this, this season, this, this Advent season, seems a little bit more of a challenge for me to get into the mood than, uh, than years before. Uh, I don't know if it's, it just always, number one, it feels strange celebrating Christmas and decorating uh, in, in November, and it's not even December yet. But it also it feels strange because of COVID. I mean, uh, stores and, and uh, uh, department stores and what have you always place Christmas music and, and decorate for Christmas on almost into summertime now. And, and you start knowing and anticipating it far before now. And I, I mean, with COVID, I haven't been out a whole lot. I haven't gone into a lot of stores. And when I do, I'm, I'm quick to go in and quick to go out. So, so it, it, it's difficult to really get into the... The, the, it was hard to believe that Thanksgiving happened. I mean, I'm still taking, it doesn't, didn't feel like Thanksgiving time. And now it's, it's a season of Advent and we're getting ready. Uh, I've nearly completed decorating the house for Christmas. We've almost finished decorating the church. Again, thank you to all of you who volunteered to come up here and decorated beautiful trees, beautiful church. Uh, we're almost there. Again, hopefully have a uh, lighting of the church on Wednesday. We'll put it on Facebook and send an email if that's going to be the case. Uh, but just, uh, but it's, it just seems odd this year. With, uh, but every year seems odd, uh, and I feel like... Um, the commercialization of Christmas uh, really tries to rob me of Christmas every year and, and the, the buying gifts and buying the right presents and getting in debt and, and just all this really robs me of, of Christmas oftentimes. And, uh, and I guess with the season of COVID, we really need to, to grab a hold and, and we don't need to lose Christ in Christmas this year of all years we really need to be the church to stand up and remember Christ there was a uh, some years ago I remember uh, an article came out I believe it was in Florida this 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 county uh, their county seat courthouse had uh, put up a manger scene every year but in years past the nativity scene uh, Mary Joseph and even baby Jesus would often get stolen from the manger scene so they had invested all this money in the report it, I think you've made the U.S. News I think I don't know it came on ABC or something this that they actually uh, uh, put a GPS device in baby Jesus to keep up with baby Jesus so if somebody robbed and stole baby Jesus they could find baby Jesus and know who stole baby Jesus uh, I remember that because I, that that particular I, I was I was struggling with the commercialization of Christmas and and I still remember the struggle. I know that's an exaggeration from stealing Christmas, but we don't need to be robbed from Christmas, especially this season of COVID. We need that the hope, the joy, the peace. We need the light of Christ to shine within us. We need to feel Christ's love this year uh, more than anything. Um, so. Uh, so, the, so to add a little interest to our services this Advent season, we're going to use a lot of, we're going to be, it's going to be Advent of music, of Christmas carols, of singing, of, of uh, the, all the sermons are going to, I'm going to be incorporating a lot of the popular uh, Christmas songs to kind of start us off with the, the thought for the sermon theme. We're going to have 
Next week, we're going to have a, a, a wonderful music being sung in our service. And, and then after the service, that afternoon, next week, we're going to have a, a time outdoors. Just across the street here in front of me, we're going to have an outdoor carol time. People are going to be singing. Just going to be a comfortable time. You're going to be outdoors, weather permitting. You're going to be able to social distance. But we're just trying to create a time to, to sing some songs and to be together together. Uh, during the season of, of, of Advent. And then, then the next Sunday, we're going to have another opportunity. Right in this room, we're going to try social distance. We're going to have the choir singing. We're going to have just a time, a fun time of Christmas carols and try to, try to build that spirit within us, a season of, of music. I mean, what would Christmas be without the Christmas music? I mean, studies have shown that, that Christmas carols uh, just it boost our spirits. It actually, studies show... But Christmas carols regulate our heart and our breathing, and it, in turn, it reduces stress. So, this Christmas season, we're going to try to reduce our stress and the season of COVID, and we're going to be a season of singing. Uh, and I invite you uh, to participate and to, to be watchful of all that take, is going to be taking place. Now, for the sermons... Uh, I'm going to be using a lot of popular songs, and some songs were quickly eliminated. Songs like Grandma Got Ran Over by a Reindeer, uh, songs like uh, I Saw Mama Kissing Santa Claus. I know there's sermons in those. I, I'm sure there's sermons to be preached in both of those, but I'm not going to be using those for this season of Advent. But this, instead, uh, to start us off, I'm, I want to begin with the, the wonderful song, Santa Claus is Coming to Town. Uh, you, if you know it, help uh, me uh, and, uh, and help yourself by singing along with me. You better watch out, you better not cry, you better not pout, I'm telling you why. Santa Claus is coming to town. Come on, sing with me. He's making a list, he's checking it twice. You're going to find out who's naughty or nice. Santa Claus is coming to town. Come on, he sees you when you're sleeping. He knows if you're awake. He knows if you've been bad or good, so be good for goodness sake. Oh, you better watch out. You better not cry. You better not pout. I'm telling you why. Santa Claus is coming to town. Right? Yay! Give yourself an applause. That's good. Just, just from singing that song, I saw so many of you smiling. I saw all of you, all those, all of you wearing masks. I see your eyes squinching, so I think you're smiling uh, when you're singing it. it just it, singing those songs just lifts our spirits and, and brings joy to our heart. But I, that song I love so much because when it starts out, you better watch out. You better not. Uh, you, you, I've used it already, and it's not even December for my kids. Uh, you better watch out. You know Santa Claus is coming. You better. You don't want to be on the naughty list. You better be good. And, and, and and Ross would just change his attitude instantly when I pull that card out. You know, uh, I, I have to say, when I, as, as a pastor, when I'm around certain groups of people and they ask what I do for a living, I have been known to say, uh, you know, when they ask me what I do for a living, I have been known to say I'm an insurance salesman specializing in life and fire. I'm not telling a lie. Really, I'm kind of walking that edge because, because as soon as I tell them I'm a preacher, you know what happens? They change. They start acting differently. They, they, start, they, are, they, they, they start acting like God is now watching them, but God has not been watching them before. 
But so, and I don't want people to feel uncomfortable. I mean, we, we had this attitude, because Santa Claus is watching us, we better be good. Because God is watching, because a preacher's around, i got to act good now. And I, God can't see us all the other times. So we live this life uh, uh, with Santa Claus or with a preacher in, in fear that we have to be good because the preacher, or we have to be good because of Santa Claus. Um, and some people... Uh, uh, some people get this feeling because of our scripture passage for this morning, the Gospel of Mark, chapter 13. Uh, our scripture passage this morning it begins, uh, Jesus is talking to his disciples and he shares uh, about his coming again. Can you go ahead and pull that up, Marjorie? So, be on guard. Be on guard. Have I told you everything ahead of time? But in those days, following that distress, the sun will be... Oh, this is not the right. You didn't put up the right one. Um, it is, uh, begins with 32. Marjorie, can you pull up beginning with 32? I, I, I misinformed. No, you can't. I misinformed. I, I told them, we can begin with this, but uh, let's, I want to read it to you. Go ahead and pull that down, Marjorie. I told them the wrong scripture passage, so I apologize. It, go back and read Mark chapter 13. The whole thing, Jesus is talking to his disciples, and all of it is talking about the second coming, talking about what's going to happen, and all these incredible things. But I'm going to be reading, actually, beginning with verse 32. It says, No one knows about that day or hour, not even the angels or the, in heaven or, nor the Son, but only the Father. So be on guard. Be alert. You do not know when the time will come. Like a man going away, he leaves his house and puts his servants in charge, each with the assigned tasks, and tells the one at the door to keep watch. Therefore, keep watch, because you do not know the hour that the owner will return. Uh, you do not know when the owner of the house will come back, whether in the evening or at midnight or when the rooster crows or at dawn. If he comes suddenly, do not let your heart do not even find you sleeping. What I say to you, I say to everyone, watch. Watch. Be on alert. Be, be, be ready. Be on alert. See, as a part of church's history throughout the ages, uh, each year we begin the Advent season with, with looking and focusing on Christ's return, the, the second coming of Christ. I mean, Jesus tried to prepare his disciples for, uh, for his death and resurrection, and he also tried to prepare them as he tries to prepare us for the second coming. And Jesus says in our lesson from the gospel reading uh, that his return, uh, that we need to have a spirit of, of watchfulness, of readiness, of, of being alert, to, to be careful. And, and this is what we should be doing for waiting for Christmas Day, uh, return, uh, waiting for the Lord. See, uh, Christmas is, uh, as much as we celebrate the birth of Christ, Christmas is... Uh, recognizing that Christ will return one day. But here's the reality. I'm a uh, 20th, 21st century Christian just as you are. Uh, we have, I feel, grown completely apathetic toward the second coming of Christ. We are people who are for instant gratification. We have heard over and over again from well-meaning, I believe, well-meaning individuals, followers of Christ, telling us exactly the time and the place of the second coming will occur. Uh, and therefore, we just kind of laugh it off. We kind of push it aside. We don't ever even think about it. 
But we really need to put Jesus' words into perspective. We really do. Even in this world of instant gratification, we need to realize that, that no one knows the time or place in which Christ will return. I mean, the angels in heaven doesn't know when Christ will return. Even Christ said even he didn't know when he was going to return. Only the Father in heaven knows. See, if this is true, then what makes you think some person upon this earth is going to be smart enough to, to break the code in the Bible and to reveal the exact date, exact time in which Christ will return? So when somebody asks when Christ will return, we should, we should you know, just tell them, we don't know, we don't know, and we don't know. The, the early church thought it was going to be back when, when they actually lived in their lifetime, some 2,000 years ago. So, so what's taking so long? I don't know. I mean, we shouldn't be surprised that, that there's much to God that we don't know, we don't understand. We don't know what the future holds. We don't know what tonight may hold. We don't know what's going to happen next year. Who would have ever thought 2020 would be like it has been? So we have no idea what the future holds. Jesus was insistent that nobody knows of when he will return. But it is very clear that it will happen one day, and we need to listen to this. And we really can't say much about when it will happen or how will it happen, but the time will come. See, regardless of the books or the movies that have been written about the second coming, regardless of how apathetic we may be as Christians, I know, folks, I feel you. It's a reality that we need to be aware of. See, I know so many people were enamored by the second, the, what Left Behind, the book series Left Behind. It's a great series. It's fun, entertaining to read. Some may remember there was a book by Hal Lindsey, The Late Great Planet Earth. Do you remember that? I know in, in when I was in high school back in the 80s, uh, there was a book that came out that was 88 Reasons Why the Rapture Will Definitely Occur in 1988. He came up with 88 reasons why it would definitely occur in 88. Now, uh, it's, it's way past 88. We're still around here. I don't think the rapture occurred. See, I'm sure these books were written by well-meaning individuals, and they're very entertaining to think about, and their attempts of, but their attempts at biblical scholarship are just are very shallow. They're lacking. The Scriptures provide us with very few details about what it will look like when Christ will return. And much of what we do have in scriptures is very vague and can be interpreted and misinterpreted in many different ways. For example, I remember growing up and hearing that Ronald Reagan was actually the Antichrist. Uh, his, his name is Ronald Wilson Reagan. Each of his names have six letters in them. So Ronald 6, Wilson 6, Reagan 6, 666. What more information do you need? There was also those time when PBS uh, Frontline carried, actually carried a list of those that they considered potentially could be uh, the Antichrist. People like Yasser Arafat, Saddam Hussein, uh, the uh, former Russian president, Mikhail Gorbachev. You remember Mikhail Gorbachev had this big, huge uh, birthmark on his face. They said that was a mark of the beast. Uh, John F. Kennedy, Kennedy received uh, 666 votes at the 1956 Democratic Convention. What more evidence do you need? Bill Gates was there on that list because he was going to enslave the world with computers. I don't know, folks. 
Uh, but surely none of these was or is the Antichrist. I mean, parts of the Bible about the foretelling of, of the end of time is written in this, this code that is hard to understand. And, and obviously it was, it was written pre-space, pre-technology time. So, so, so what I'm trying to say, what I'm trying to say is this. We need to be sure and, and don't uh, fall into being uh, these fear mongers who, who, and, and fall into undue stress uh, about Jesus' second coming. I mean, it's going to happen. We just we don't know, have a lot of details about it. Certainly if the Christ and when Christ comes, uh, life will be different and it will be a dramatic event, but we don't know what that looks like. Uh, therefore, my point is this. Here, here's the point I'm trying to get to. I hope you're listening. Everybody listening? Everybody listening? Eyes and ears. Rather than sitting around worrying about worrying about the second coming, May we be excited in anticipating it. May we begin to, to focus on, on how we're living our life here and now instead of worrying about what the future may hold. Christ didn't tell his disciples this in order to scare them. He wasn't trying to, to you, better, you better be good because I'm going to come back one day and I'm going I'm, to have a naughty list and a nice list and, and, and you better be on the good list because if you're on the naughty list, oh, it's going to get hot for you. No, he wasn't trying to scare you because I don't believe we should be a Christian because we fear going to hell. I don't believe we should be a Christian because we want to get to heaven. We should be a Christian because we understand God, the creator of the heavens and the earth, loves us so much that he sent his son in this world to die for our sins. That we begin to understand God's love for us. And because we understand God's love for us, we want to serve him. We want to, we want to please him. We want to bless God for what God has done for us. Not because we fear going to hell or we want to get to heaven. Those are just byproducts of loving and serving God here today and now. It's like with my children. When my children do something, it blesses me and it makes me smile and it makes my heart happy when they do it, not because they fear me, not because they fear I may spank them one day or they may fear that I may put them in time out or take away their allowance or not invite them to Thanksgiving dinner be mad at them or or when they do something that that they may get something from me like a like a bigger allowance or a better present or something i'm blessed when my kids do something for me because they love me and that's the way we should serve god not out of fear that's not what Jesus was saying for this. The, the purpose, I believe, the purpose that Jesus was, was trying to get at in, in, in this passage in Mark was that, that there are two essential truths. Is number one, that the future is in God's hands and not ours. The future is in God's hands and that we can trust God with our future. Just as we don't know when Christ's return will be, also we don't know what our future holds. I mean, some people are excited about the future. Some aren't so excited about the future. I, I'm excited for the time when, when COVID will be over. We get to shake hands normally, and I can hug some of you, and I can see your faces, full faces, whether or not you're sticking your tongues out at me or actually smiling at me. I don't know what you're doing. I'm looking forward to that time. But, you know, some, some predict all sorts of wonderful things will happen in the future, that like, like cancer is going to be, uh, you know, there will be a cure for cancer. 
Some prediction that one day there will be actually a cure for all diseases and viruses, that, that they're working on these nanorobots that they can actually inject into your bloodstream and that those nanorobots will go and, and fight off all infections and all the bad things in your body. Some has predicted that, that they're going to turn back the, the age factor in, in human life, that we're going to get to live to 100, 100 200, and, and live wonderfully and healthy lives. Uh, you know, they've already come out with a new skin treatment for turning back aging. Uh, uh, they're, they're working on all these things. What about time travel? What about space travel? What about going to Mars? They're already trying to work on Mars. What about all these cool things, flying cars? What about Star Trek and Beam Me Up Scotty and Star Wars, these labor, you know, swords, start, you know, what about all these? Are these anything like this ever going to happen in the future? I don't know. None of us know. But the same God that was here 2,000 years ago is the same God that is here today. What we do know is that the same God that, that created the heavens and the earth billions of years ago is still here today. That's what we do know, and God knows what our future holds. And God knows what's best for us in the future. So what I do know is that we need to make good decisions in life. Make good decisions, and then let God take care of the rest. Because the future is in God's hands, not ours. See, in the century in which Jesus spoke these words, uh, we're just as turbulent as the century we're living in now, of the year of the 2000s. Um, when the Gospels were actually written, uh, the temple was being destroyed in Jerusalem. Uh, this small group of Christians were being persecuted all over, and, and uh, times were very dark during the first century and, and Christians actually thought that Jesus' second coming was going to be in their lifetime. Their life was so horrible. They were all being persecuted. This was the end of the world was happening. Who could have ever thought that the temple would be destroyed? Who have ever thought that we would be persecuted for saying the name of Jesus Christ? But Christ didn't come. Why? We don't know. But we do know that God holds the future in his hands and we can trust God because God loves us. There's a song that came out years ago. He's got the whole world in his hand. He's got the whole world in his hand. He's got it's a beautiful song. You to think about the God has got us in his hands. And God loves us and God cares for us because we are his creation. We are created in his image. And God wants what's best for us in, it, in our life. And we can trust God. So during the season of Advent, this time of preparation, as we prepare for Christmas morning, just as, as our kids and Ross are so excited about, about uh, Christmas morning, you know, he's made this huge list of things that he wants for Christmas. Huge list. And he's being sure and telling everybody all that he wants for Christmas. And, but, but, you know, he knows and he sings the songs about it. He, he believes in Santa Claus and... Uh, He's excited for Christmas morning because he, he's excited about what he may or may not get. May we be excited about Christ's coming. May we, may we look forward to it with the same anticipation that Ross and our children have for Christmas morning. It's, it's a great anticipation that we have for Christmas morning. May we be excited about the coming of Christ. 
May we not fear. May we not, may we not long for heaven. May we long to see his glorious face as we serve him. And let us pray. Good and gracious God, as we are watchful during this time, we look forward to your coming again. We know what uh, difference you made in coming upon this earth 2,000 years ago. How you demonstrated your love for us. How you, how you came not as a king born in a mansion, in a castle, with gold and silver, and, but you came born in a manger, laid in a, in a feeding trough, to show us your love for us. You, you lived a life that was full of, of, of pain and hardship, of working with your hands and your back. With parents, with grandparents, with family and friends, Lord, that, that disowned you and questioned you and jealous of with you. To live a life as we have lived. But Lord God, you have done something we couldn't. You died our death. So today, some 2,000 years later, Lord, we're able to celebrate. We're able to call you, Lord. We're able to look for your coming again, whenever that may be, that we be patient and waiting upon your return. But in the meantime, Lord God, we live our lives fully, to the fullest, Lord, loving and serving you, blessing the people around us just as you have blessed us. But Lord God, we love you and we understand your love for us. May this season, Lord, as we sing the song of Santa Claus is coming to town, may we remember that you, Lord God, will be returning one day full of glory and may we be watchful and ready in the precious name of Jesus we pray let the children of God say amen